Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Le climat-wandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. Good morning, welcome to the press conference on the presentation of the action plan to boost organic production. We have the pleasure to have with us Commissioner, Commissioner Wojciechowski. Today was formally adopted the European Union's Organic Farming Action Plan, a very important document which defines our action for the future to achieve the important uh, targets. It'll be no surprise, given the momentum behind Europe's climate change and biodiversity protection plans, that the organic targets Mr. Wojciechowski refers to are ambitious. EU land under organic cultivation to rise to 25% by 2030 from the current average of 8%, stimulating consumer demand and promoting public procurement of organic food in schools and hospitals, for example, an increase in aquaculture, streamlined organic certification and more stringent measures to tackle fraud. And there will be advantages beyond, the Commissioner added, not least to those running small to medium-sized conventional farms edged out of business by the big agri-concerns. Many of the small and medium-sized farms disappeared. They are not able to participate in the competition with uh, intensive industrial farming. But to be organic, they will be able to participate in the competition, not only survive, but uh, to develop their farms and to develop uh, their incomes. Our fifth and final podcast in this series on organic production focuses on the launch of the Organic Action Plan and looks forward to innovations in the sector, in the pipeline and in the dream space. The launch late last week coincided with a European Council summit of heads of government and state. No big shock that the COVID vaccination programme trumped organic on their agenda. However, the action plan still attracted plenty of attention, accessed online by journalists across the EU, including one quizzing the Commissioner about the often large price differential between organic and non-organic food. I can repeat that we are counting on the fact that this plan will serve to encourage more organic food in the marketplace. And if there is more, the mechanism by which prices will become lower will work. So, a lot of optimism accompanying the ambition. What do organic experts make of it all outside of the EU? Here's Eduardo Cuoco, Europe Director with Responsibility for Research and Innovation at the trade body IFOAM, the International Federation of Organic Agriculture Movements. What we have on the table is a, a much better uh, action plan than the, than the one we're, we're used to, to have in, uh, in the EU. It's much more concrete. Uh, we like the push-pull approach that is there. We also like the, the fact that many, for many actions there, there is a clear deadline. So we know when the Commission will start doing things, and for some other there is a clear target. But still, I, I regret that um, such action plan could, uh, could have been even more ambitious, allocating uh, more resources and, uh, let's say, more activity, more action for the support of the 25% organic farming. In particular, I think we could have been more ambitious on uh, what regards taxation, which is mentioned in the action plan. Uh, as a tool to uh, support uh, the market expansion of organic products, the Commission 
speaks about a study why we would have seen a clear recommendation on uh, how to reduce, for example, VAT on organic products, taxation on harmful products to the development of organic. Through a door along a long, lonely corridor in a big, lonely university in Belgium is the office of a man much fired up by the issue of developing organics, Professor Philippe Barré, Dean of the Bioengineering and Agronomy Faculty at the Catholic University of Louvain-la-Neuve. We are moving from a type of agriculture oriented towards plants and animals to one oriented towards systems. We are also moving from an agriculture that was somewhat in competition with nature to one more allied with nature. This model is the only one possible in the 21st century. Scientifically, there is very little depth behind it. We have to build capacities to develop not just practices and indicators, but to build many capacities across the board. What we dreamed of doing before but didn't have the time or the means for, we will be able to do today, as the actors involved develop the practical side on the ground in parallel. And this construction is pure complementary. It is not about doing things together. Building knowledge means everyone has to find their own role. For Nathalie Sauls van der Weyver, who, among other responsibilities, heads organics research and innovation at DG Agri, the words future, development and cooperation are more than just concepts. They embrace values and work models, vital in the evolution of organic production. An evolution not just in expanding product lines and introducing better controls, but in a culture built on collaboration. It is very important to act together in developing projects so as to fully understand what the needs are for the future. So with regard to organic production, we had already put on the table 45 million euros for eight major research projects, in particular on organic seeds and on the replacement of essential inputs. There is also the famous partnership that we intend to put in place for 2023, in which we're going to use what we call living laboratories. It is no longer about developing research in isolation, but really having laboratories in the field which can then serve as examples for the dissemination of all the results coming from them. We have also prepared the next Horizon Europe programme of research and for everything connected to agriculture, food, organics, economics and environment, there is a budget of 9 billion euros in the period 2021 to 2027. If this is the future model, where does the consumer, the driver of change in any market sector, fit in? And if those consumers are being scared off by the price difference between organic and non-organic, especially meat, doesn't this then scupper any grand talk of collaboration? Not so, says Professor Barré. New and dynamic thinking is called for. The big difficulty today is that the price of conventionally farmed food is in fact a false price. It is far too low and does not include all the costs involved. And so instead of saying organic is expensive, the slogan is that conventional food is cheap. So a two-pronged approach needs to be taken. On one hand, internalize the costs of the food systems we have now, 
If we do that, we will no longer find meat at 3 euros per kilo, milk at 60 cents per liter, and other things that are simply impossible. It's not that it's scandalous, it's just impossible, and in doing so well, we'll simplify the price comparison with organic. The professor continues, extending the logic. On the other hand, the task is also to recognize that the value of organic is not only its value as food, but in terms of its ecological and environmental value. The remuneration of organic farming could be done partly by price and quantity, partly by direct payment for the wider services rendered by farmers. For Nathalie Soos van der Weyver, recognition of the eco-services that organic production offers is important. She notes how closely the Organic Action Plan is married to Europe's Green Deal, but points to another partnership in the mix too, less documented, because it's at the cutting edge of research and development between agriculture and digital innovation. We have this objective of having a carbon-neutral Europe by 2050. It is clear that organic farming has already entered into the Green Deal and contributes significantly to achieving such an objective. Organic action plan measures, in one way or another, will help. Beyond the research side, a series of other projects is underway, among them digitalization, which is an important element in helping not just organic agriculture, but agriculture in general, as well as those engaged in agroecology. For example, we have launched a project with the funny name of Project Asterix, in which an autonomous robot has been developed that applies ecological biopesticides only to the leaves of weeds. There are many others, and of course, we're going to further strengthen research on this area of digital work. It's not enough to say we're stopping pesticides, we are stopping fertilizers. We must be able to find other solutions, and for that, the role of research is obviously vital. One other key element put forward by the European Commission is undoubtedly an important aspect of developing organic farming the soil. What's the point, after all, of shifting towards organic if the land's nutrients are all but exhausted? This is going to be a very, very important point for the future. You should note that in the Horizon Europe research program, there is a new tool called Missions, and we are currently preparing a mission in the field of soil health and food. Taking care of the soil is taking care of life because we only have one planet. Indeed, the soil is the basis of agriculture. A final thought on the power of the future from Professor Barré. Could organic food one day be the guarantor of our food security? It is entirely possible, but one essential condition is to re-examine both the way we produce and the way we eat. All scenarios in agriculture must absolutely account for these two aspects. The mistake we made for almost a century in the 1900s was to think about agriculture solely. 
in its function of production without linking it to consumption and food. So the margin for manoeuvre for a more sustainable agriculture is healthier food. The farm-to-fork strategy is a very good example. It is a European project where, for the first time, we can say in a totally explicit manner, we are thinking only about food systems. That is to say, thinking simultaneously about consumption and production, thinking about waste and environmental issues at the same time as food issues and economic issues. And these thoughts from Professor Philippe Barre of the Catholic University of Louvain-la-Neuve and from Nathalie Sauz van der Weyver, Director responsible for, among other issues, organics research and innovation at DG Agri, conclude the last of our podcasts. My thanks also to Eduardo Cuoco from IFOAM. We hope you'll join us again for future podcast editions from DG Agri. All five on organic food are on its website and social media, as will be any updates on future programmes. Take good care, meanwhile, and stay safe and healthy. From me, Paul Anderson, goodbye. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. The climate change affects ever wider parts of the world. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 